0: In a global industry where anything can happen where mistakes cost much more than dollars we bring you expertise from around the world to ensure that everyone goes home safe every day the internationally acclaimed oil and gas hsc podcast starts now with your host russell stewart hey everybody thanks for listening and as always thanks to our sponsor knowledge vine the leader in human performance improvement training and technologies If you want the most advanced safety technology adapted from the human performance principles of the nuclear and aviation industries, then KnowledgeVine is error reduction that works. Learn more at KnowledgeVine.com. Today, my guest on the show is Nader Fati. Nader, did I say that right or did I butcher it up with my text? That is correct, Ross. Thank you so much for your time. Okay. All right. I'm excited to be here. Well, I want to welcome you to the show, but Nader, that's not exactly a West Texas or South Louisiana name. Where are you from? Tell us about yourself.
1: So I was actually originally from Iran. I'm Persian. I moved to the United States when I was only 14. I tell people I was manufactured in Iran, but actually assembled in Southern California. <laughs> That's where I did my schooling. And I have been put to work in Silicon Valley for the last 30 years. So, Yeah. Okay. So
0: I was going to point out the fact that you must be smart because you're located in Silicon Valley. <laughs> In fact, you describe yourself as a serial entrepreneur and big data and IoT industry expert. In fact, I notice even though you're in Silicon Valley, the company that you're the CEO now, we're going to talk about that here in just a minute, the web address isn't even .com. It's .io. Tell me about that.
1: <laughs> That's correct. So Kiana, we are a software-based company. We actually established here in Silicon Valley, although we do have an office in Houston, Texas for our oil and gas and energy customers, as well as we have an office in Singapore to cover our Asian customers. And we have an R&D center outside of Berlin, Germany, You know, because we are a data analytics company. That's the reason we use the extension of .io. So that's Kiana for you. Mm -hmm. Okay. So now you're the CEO of Kiana. That is correct. I'm one of the co-founders and CEO.
0: Correct. Now, this is a relatively new company because you were with another company
1: that was acquired by Siemens. Is that right? That's correct. Our last company was called SigmaQuest. SigmaQuest, what it did, it provided real-time visibility to factory floors across the globe. Our customers were big electronic and system manufacturers, you name it. All the household names that you're familiar with, like Nokia, some of the medical device companies, Dell Computer was one of our customers and so on. And eventually that company was purchased by Siemens. That's correct.
0: Wow. Well, congratulations on that. Just before we get into more about Kiana, I just wanted the audience to know kind of who we're dealing with here, Nader. (laughs) You're currently on the Computer Science Advisory Board of USC. You're a board member of the Asia-America Technology Association, and you're an executive in residence at the Plug and Play Tech Center in Silicon Valley, and you hold a bachelor's and master's degree in electrical engineering from USC. You're working towards your doctorate. Is that
1: right? I did all my coursework. I never finished my thesis. I started working. <laughs> I, had, I had to go get a real job. So, yes, I never finished that. Yeah, and
0: and you've worked at companies like Xerox and Siemens.
1: That's correct. I work in big and small companies. Correct.
0: Okay. So, let's talk about Kiana for just a minute and how it helps companies, especially oil and gas. Of course, you're in a wide variety of industries, but you have a specialty, as you said, in oil and gas With an office in Houston, where is the office in Houston?
1: Actually, you know, it's in the downtown area. We have a very important venture capitalist, which is our investor in our company, called CSL Energy, and actually we work with them. That's where our organization
0: is. Okay, all right.
1: So, how long ago did you start, Kiana? So, Kiana has been, you know, we shipped our first product actually in 2015. Let me give you a little background. When we had our last company purchased by Siemens. We had a big Wi-Fi company called us and they said, hey, we have a lot of dark data. Can you guys help us? And we never heard of a term of a dark data. What is it? They told us that, hey, if you're carrying any kind of mobile device, you are generating all this data. And They were interested to see what you can do with this data. So we went in there and we basically that's when we started Kiana. We shipped our first product actually in 2015. And our original focus was to really go after what at that time people called passenger journey. So if you're in an airport, they want to interested to see how you get from terminal A to terminal B. You know, again, retail was interested in that. So that's where we really started. But very quickly, we found out that really our value is in the whole industrial segment. And that's how we really extended our solution to go after oil and gas, energy, as well as factories. That's where the focus of the current company is
0: okay so what we're talking about here what you guys do is what's called real-time wi-fi location tracking and analytic services is that right
1: yes although we do much more than just wi-fi actually this whole space falls into the category of digitalization so really what we do is that we digitize workplaces workforce and workflow and what we do this russell is that we do this without installing any extra hardware we use the customers existing sensors, which, yeah, it could be Wi-Fi, but it could be Bluetooth, it could be ultra-wideband, it could be LTE, we're seeing a lot of interest on 5G, for private 5G and so on. So we basically grab this data, this all falls into a category called real-time location services, and based on that, we can see the movement of anybody with a sensor or an asset, right? so this is really what Kiana does in a nutshell.
0: Okay. And by doing that, let's talk about what might be the top three HSE concerns in the oil and gas industry. First of all, let's talk about emergency response and preparedness.
1: Yeah. So this is a big one. So one of the big issues that we hear from the companies is what they call, they're really looking for an automated mustering. So mustering is an event where let's say there is an emergency in the oil and gas. So they have to have people go to muster zone. Muster zone is also known as a safe zone. So very quickly, they have to find out how many of the workers actually are at each muster station. So let's say I have 200 workers and only 180 showed up. So A, I have to count very quickly how many there, but also who's missing, right? So God forbid if there is 20 missing in my example, where are they exactly? And who's the closest person to them? So we can have the First responders go and, you know, basically find those people. Now, you ask people, how are they doing this today? There are a variety of ways. I mean, the simple way has been a clipboard. Somebody's sitting there and counting uh, names. Are you there? There are people who are using badges in order to be able to badge in to see how many people showed up. But what we really offer is an electronic way of doing this. And the nice thing about that is that it's almost in real time. And you can see on the map who's missing and where is that person, right? So this really helps with the emergency response and basically getting ready for it, for preparedness. So that's really what we bring into the table.
0: And then on top of that, if you have a man down, you've got biometric solutions for the lone worker as well?
1: That is correct. So in the case of man down, again, you have a worker you know, working by itself. And then for some reason, you don't see that person is moving. If he or she is wearing some kind of a biometric watch, you can see his vital signs. You see, hey, what happened there? But most importantly, again, I want to see who is the closest person to this individual, this worker that we think is down. So he or she can go check on him to see how they're doing, right? So again, you're doing this by looking at their dual time. How come he's not moving for the last half an hour? You can, if they're wearing some kind of a biometric, you can check their pressure, their blood pressure. They can see the heat issues and so on and so forth to see why this individual is not moving. So those are examples of how we can do that.
0: That's fascinating. So this is your software that, like you said, you use already with, say, a refinery or a plant or someplace. They already have something in place and you can come in and provide all this and enhance their existing infrastructure there on these sort of things.
1: Is that right? That's right. Actually, we are working with a couple of very large oil and gas companies. And one of their big issue is that, again, they call this the connected worker. So the worker is wearing some kind of electronic badge, right? But what they want to do, they want to make sure that this person can be located as he or she's moving from different zones, right? So maybe in the office, you have Wi-Fi, you go outside, maybe there's ultra-wideband, you go somewhere else where there's nothing except cell signal. So they want to be able to monitor this worker as he's going from location to location. So in this case, these big companies are not going to change their entire infrastructure and put new sensors in there, right? So this is where we're coming because we are really hardware agnostic. We can basically connect, as I mentioned, to all sorts of sensors and bring this data to our system where customers can look for outliers, can set alerts, can set zones and so on and so forth. The whole idea is to really be Proactive versus reactive when it comes to HSE. That's what they're really, really looking
0: for. Okay. I like that term hardware agnostic. That's got to be a great advantage. So, back to what you're talking about, not just a company's own employees, but especially in situations like you're talking about, like oil and gas operations, for example, they often involve multiple contractors and subcontractors. Exactly. Can you
1: keep up with them too? Yes. Actually, Dino, you know, thank you so much for asking that question. So one of the areas we see a big interest has to do with TAR, which is a turnaround. So turnaround, as you know, you know you're know, you shutting everything down. You have a whole bunch of new contractors coming in. There's a lot of movement going on and so on. The use cases are number one is that I want to make sure that I am paying for the right contractor and for the right amount of time he or she has worked. Right. So if I hired 100 contractors. Did really 100 show up today? Only 80, right? The second one, and this has to do really with HSEs, that are they working up the zones that they're allowed to, right? So again, with our system, we can say, hey, this contractor is not allowed here, or he's not allowed to be driving a forklift. Why is he next to a forklift, right? And then also with billing, So depending on which contractor and which level, I want to have an automatic billing in this case as well. So if I have a guy which I'm paying only 30 bucks an hour, right, I want to make sure I'm paying him 30 bucks an hour and not 50 or 60, right? So this is another way for them to be able to monitor this. But again, in the case of turnaround, where you have a lot of equipment moving, a lot of people, a lot of asset system like this really becomes critical in order to manage the whole process.
0: Okay. So emergency response and preparedness, contractor management, that's two of the top three. And I'm going to name a third one here. Let's talk about regulatory compliance.
1: That's actually a big one. Again, then you know, I talk about mustering and emergency you know, evacuation and so on. So the nice thing here, you really have a data-driven decision-making system. So there is really a system of record. You know, how long does it take? To see where your employees are, how long does it take for them to, in this case, the muster zone, and so on and so forth. So, and this really helps companies with the compliance issues and make sure that there is really no issues, you know, and they are really compliant with local, national, international regulation and standards. That's really, you know, what we bring into the table in this case there.
0: So, your software can help update the latest regulations, regulations you can maintain proper, I mean, this is... uh... We
1: do not do that. No, that's not really what we bring in. But again, we provide the data to our customers and, you know, to be able to use this as a part of whatever data they need in order to maintain proper documentation and conduct regular audits and so on and so forth. So really, we provide the data to them in order to do that. But they are the one which actually take care of all the regulatory compliance in that respect.
0: Okay so you call this
1: digitalization you call it industry 4.0 That's correct so there is a big buzzword in the industry that they call industry 4.0 So what industry 4.0 is that how do I use sensors how do I use digital technology how do I use data driven systems in order to basically enhance my productivity and reduce risk when it comes to safety and security right so this is really the whole idea of Industry 4.0. And by the way, Industry 4.0 has become very important recently because of resources. I mean, again, the workers are getting old and retiring. New generation is coming in and new generation is used to digital technology and so on, right? So Industry 4.0 has become really an important way for companies, you know, to do a better job with their operations, as well as it has a significant impact on health, safety, and environment in, you know, many different ways.
0: Well, you're talking about us old guys. You can also keep track of biometrics or whether a person's starting to have a health issue or something. Isn't that part of it?
1: Yeah. Part of it actually is heat exhaustion is the one that we hear a lot, right? So again, the workers are wearing you know heavy clothing, gloves, hats, and so on. And they're working on some very hot areas or in some cases, very cold areas like We're working with some oil and gas companies in Canada, and they're telling us about, you know, temperatures drop to minus 30, minus 40 degrees, which is very cold, right? So in that case, yeah, you want to be able to check and monitor their health in real time and be able to, you know, raise a flag when something is out of the boundary. So that, yeah, that's the case. Really, it's part of the proactive risk management. That's what we really digitalization allows them to do is to identify and really assess the issues before they become a major issue.
0: That's a good point. I think what you called it, proactive risk management. So digitalization actually allows for better identification and
1: assessment of risks, but do it in real time. Is that right? That's correct. Do it in real time. And another thing, so if you look at it really, you know, our solution, what we do is that not only we look at people and their persona, persona basically is like, okay, this guy is not allowed to drive a forklift as an example, Right but we know about assets, where the assets are. We know zones and places, right? And we know the flow. So based on that, you can start seeing behavior, which does not make sense. Like, I mean, this simple example, if I have a worker, which was supposed to be there from 8am to 5pm, and I see him wandering around in an area, which is not safe <laughs> at 2am, right? That's a red flag, right? So again, being able to look at all these variables, and that's what computers and artificial intelligence is so great at is they can look at variety of variables and be able to raise a flag and say, hey, this doesn't make sense. This is not the norm, right? And that's really what, again, the whole digitalization brings to the table.
0: Okay. So in addition to that, you also have some Your digital technologies also include some
1: virtual reality. You know, at Kiana, we do not do virtual reality, but that's something which is actually very interesting. I don't know if you saw on the news, just recently, Apple announced this new goggles, which is, by the way, is going to come out, uh, I think, in December timeframe. That's when the release is. By the way, it's not cheap. It's like about $3,500. So I don't believe most consumers are going to buy that, but this is a Perfect example of a solution which could be used for uh, industrial use cases, right? So you know, it helps you with maintenance, it helps you with repair, and so on and so forth. So you know, again, what we could provide to a system like that is the location and the zone analysis, right? So although we do not do VR or AR for that matter, but we are the data again, that RTLS, the real time location data, into a system like that. That's where we could help with it. VR AR type system.
0: Okay, so you're using the VR is virtual reality. AR is augmented, augmented reality. reality.
1: So what's exactly. the difference? What's, what's the difference? So virtual, it doesn't really exist. So in the case of, you know, again, I'm going to go back to the Apple example, right? So the glass that they have actually you can see through it. You know, think about it like a ski goggles, right? So you could see what's going on there. So let's say I have a repair person, I go on top of an equipment. And the system will actually guide me through how do I help this. So that is an augmented reality. So you take the reality and augment it, right? So virtually it doesn't exist, right? So okay. and, you know, virtual right. reality is very big when it comes to gaming and so on. So, yeah.
0: Okay. So I want to talk about something and maybe our audience knows about this. I certainly didn't know about it. I'm almost afraid to let everybody know about it. But there was a movie released in April of this year called How to Blow Up a Pipeline. Who did that, and how did it impact HSE and oil and gas companies?
1: You know, this is really interesting. I did not know about this movie either. By the way, I was very disappointed and shocked to see even build a movie like this, created a movie like this. So, you know, I did some research, and yeah, there was a book written by a gentleman named Andreas Malm in 2021, and they took that and they made this movie. And really, the whole idea that mom argues is that, hey, how how do I sabotage, you know, a pipeline in order, you know, it's a logical form of a climate activism. So I did not know about this. And in a couple of the meetings I had with some like oil and gas companies, and they told me about this, it's like, hey, did you hear about this movie, which came up in April? And we are very concerned about this. And I said, "Hmm, that's interesting. So basically, this really has created an issue because people are afraid of uh, copycats. Now, One of the examples, one of the companies told me was that, hey, we have cameras around the fences, but if there is a bush behind the fence, we usually do not see people because cameras cannot go through the fence, right? But he says, you know, with your system, the fact that you're scanning all the devices, if somebody behind the bush with a mobile phone, you know, you can say, hey, this is a person and we know it's a person. It's not a rabbit behind the bush because rabbits don't carry cell phones. They don't carry cell
0: phones. At least (laughs) not yet. They don't carry
1: cell phones. Right, right. So in that case, you know, we can say, well, hang on a second. There is definitely something moving back there, you know, which is not allowed. And, you know, of course, they can send the security guard to check to see what's going on here. But yeah, unfortunately, this movie has created a, you know, set an alarm for the whole you know, the security divisions within the oil and gas companies, because people, again, are afraid of copycats.
0: Well, yeah, I would think so. And I've interviewed some people on this show. The cyber security aspect of it's another critical area with pipelines. But Yeah, Uh, by
1: the way, let me add on this. So we have customers which you are not allowed to take any mobile device with you, okay, for a variety of reasons. One is that they don't want you to be playing with mobile devices while there's all this equipment moving around. So this is really for safety more than anything else. But the second one, it's protecting their IP and intellectual property. They don't want you to take pictures, right? So in that case, actually, we have those customers come to us. And they're looking for what they call suspicious devices. So if somebody smuggles a device in there and, you know, it's using it to broadcast something outside of the building or the factory or the oil and refinery, they want to be able to detect it. So this is another use case. By the way, the industry buzzword for this now is cyber physical security, right? We all know about cyber security, but this is cyber physical security is what the customers are looking for. And that's another solution that Kiana offers.
0: Oh, well that's interesting. Okay. Well then Nader, I've really enjoyed this conversation. This is fascinating to me. We will put your LinkedIn contact info in the show notes. And again, we'll also put in the Kiana website, which as I said earlier, it's not a dot com address, so it's Kiana dot IO. In fact, you can be contacted at info at Kiana.io and we'll put that in the show notes. Again, Nader, really enjoyed having this conversation. It was very informative. Really appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure talking to you. Well, and it's a pleasure to say thank you to all our listeners out there. And as always, please tell your friends to listen, post us on LinkedIn and your other social media. Leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, or the Review link in the show notes, and please tune in again next week for another episode of Knowledge Vine's Oil and Gas HSE podcast, a production of the Oil and Gas Global Network. Knowledge Vine is your dependable partner for full-service human performance and safety consulting, committed to reducing the frequency and severity of workplace errors by helping organizations leverage technology to easily create a sustainable safety culture. Knowledge Vine is the evolution of human performance. Performance. Discover more about knowledge Vine by, by finding in the show notes its website link and other contact info. Please reach out to me on LinkedIn for any show suggestions on topics or guests, or if you're looking for a speaker. And we'll see you next time. Tune in next week for another engaging episode of the Oil & Gas HSE podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at OGGN.com.